This podcast is created for farmers and powered by Pioneer Agronomy to bring you agronomic insights and proven solutions to fuel forward-thinking farming. Hello, and welcome to the Pioneer Agronomy Podcast, where we keep you one step ahead of local agronomy issues throughout Illinois. On this episode, we are actually treating it as a capstone of sorts to wrap up our 2023 podcast season um, and really want to take some time um, among my fellow podcasters across the state of Illinois to reflect and review the season a little bit um, and then send everybody off into a wonderful holiday season. So um, on the podcast is myself, Crystal Williams, um, pioneer agronomist in Northern Illinois. Brad Mason, pioneer field agronomist in Western Illinois. Matt Montgomery, uh, pioneer field agronomist in West Central and Central Illinois. And Scott Eversturd, field agronomist in Southern Illinois. Awesome. Thanks, guys. So as I think about um, teeing up this episode a little bit, um, I am proud of our group, honestly, to provide some different content and work together as a team. Um, sometimes in our business, we um, kind of stick with just our couple of neighboring agronomists that are only in our part of the state. And I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I really got to learn about um, agronomy across the state of Illinois um, from the state line of Wisconsin all the way down to Kentucky um, by working with you guys here this season. So um, wanted to open it up on any like reflections or um, any key highlights from either the podcast or working with your customers from 2023. I think I start from a Southern perspective. Um, I guess I'm humbled a little bit every year is, is really to think about how much our industry is decided by the weather. I mean, if you look out there, there's not a lot of industries that rely, you know, you could use the term 100%, you know, maybe a little much, but man, it is all about the weather. So just sitting here today, I mean, we're in a pretty dry spell. I mean, we've had guys over the last month, six weeks, have been having a hard time getting soil samples pulled, you know, just because it's dry. You know, a lot of ponds still sitting three, four feet under, you know, under where they should be. So, again, even that the crop is gone and planning for next year, the weather's still dictating, you know, the majority of what we do. As we look back to 23, without a doubt, it, it was a weather year. You know, that goes all the way back to the fall of 22, and we planted a wheat crop that really didn't look very well and came it came through the winter, and then the weather cooperated and ended up cutting one heck of a wheat crop in the, the spring, summer of 23, just because of the weather we had. And, you know, we, we parlay that into the corn and bean crop. And I, I said, if we, could, if we could stitch together a yield map across southern Illinois of every field, it would be a rain map, you know, where, where the rain fell and where the rain didn't. And basically dictated, you know, what crops we had this year. Now there's always going to be diseases and and individual issues within fields, but it, uh, man, a year like this just it's just all about the weather. I think to add on to that too, I think what's eye opening every single year. You kind of started it with saying how humble you are every single year is 
I, I feel like coming through the weather patterns we had, the disease cycles we've had over the last three years, we, we, we oftentimes think as professional agronomists, we have this thing figured out, but every single year it's completely different. And, you know, I think about a lot of Western Illinois and walking fields from April all the way to harvest, thinking about where my yield expectations were versus what they came in at 20 to 30 bushel over. And, you know, we're all people who spend day in, day out in those fields trying to figure this thing out. And it's, it's great to have a group of you folks that have different ideas and, and perspective on things to kind of learn from too. No, that's a, it's a really good point. If you're somebody that likes sure things, sure bets, this is probably not the industry for you. And then if you're somebody that likes to think you have it all figured out, this is probably not the industry for you because neither of those two things seem to go along with row crop agriculture in the Midwest. I've always joked that we all have short-term memory, otherwise we wouldn't do it again every single year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a really, <laughs> it's a good line. I think of um, even just as we like planned or we discussed this idea of having this podcast um, in the January or February of 2023. And, um, you know, we in, built it with the intention of kind of being proactive on topics and staging what we think will be coming. And I just think about how so often we had to continue to pivot to adjust to how, um, like Scott and both Brad shared that, you know, uh, Mother Nature pulled through a curveball in terms of what our plans were and, um, adjust on some of that. So um, I do, I mean, from a weather standpoint, I have to echo um, Scott completely that, yes, weather truly dealt um, a lot of the cards in term and the timing of that precipitation really dealt the cards of what we ended up with harvest. Um, so really, you can't do anything but be th grateful and um, thankful um, this time of year for what we were what we received. You know, I, I was posed a question the other day by someone kind of outside the ag industry, and then they asked me, you know, what, how would I describe successful farmers, you know, guys that are really successful? And I said, really, to me, it comes down to two words. I said, it's being adaptive and decisive. And you look at a year like this, and that, that really proves true. You know, guys that can adapt to the conditions, and they not, not only adapt, but make a decision and go. Um, you know, I, I see some maybe less successful growers that, you know, that they may make a decision, but then they just can't get going or can't, you know, adapt to that new thing. But man, those really successful growers, they adapt well, they make a decision and they go. And it, it's pretty neat to watch when that's happening. I think that's a really good point. I always stress flexibility. You know, we we all get stuck in our ways because we, well, you know, as a, as a farmer, you invest a lot of money into your operation and the way you're going to do things. But, you know, between mother nature, between different situations that pop up, flexibility is what ultimately will drive success. Uh, we, we see that time and time again. I think that's also one of the reasons that, you know, if truth be told, a lot of us that work as agronomists probably are also in awe of the, the growers that we work with. I mean, you think about the environment they have to work in, the things they have to overcome each year, 
um, that, that's not a throwaway line. It really is an honor to to work with these folks. If you're you're tuning in, we're kind of humbled to get to work with you and and pretty amazed at what you're able to accomplish every year and just kind of thankful to to be a small part of the thought process that you engage in each year. Yes, I have ever since being an agronomist with Pioneer, um, I've just always been extremely grateful for that specifically, Matt, of um, having the ability to be able to partner with um, unique and different farmers and no two farmers are the same for anybody that I've ever worked with. And so um, from Scott's point of being decisive, I think about, you know, we all just talked about how weather really dealt the cards a little bit in terms of some of our yields in 23, but um, at the same time, you know, you can't, if I'm a farmer and just hearing that, oh, weather determined everything, why do I do half the stuff that I do then if I'm, that's going to choose um, my fate? So um, I think the decisive end of that is, you know, putting in different aspects or practices um, like seed treatment, um, you know, different planting um, plans and everything else. Um, that we do every step throughout the season, really try to set us up for the most success um, for your own area. And ultimately, um, we have to be grateful for what we have. I think it's also when, when you get into situations like a 23 and you get so many different adverse things thrown at you from too dry to too wet, to too hot, to too cold, all within a matter of six weeks, um, you know, it's, what you really rely on is your experiences. You know, you really dig back to, you know, what something you remember from 10 years ago, five years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And those experiences are really kind of what, what kind of get you through those most adverse times, I think. And then that goes for growers as well. I mean, they got great memories and, you know, yeah, maybe the younger generation didn't do it, but their dad may have gone through it. Their grandpa might've gone through it, but those experiences really, really pay off in, in adapting, you know, to, to different things as, as you move forward. Crystal, I didn't know while we're doing this in case somebody has tuned in for the first time and kind of wants to know a little bit about this podcast. I, I do have a couple facts and figures. Um, I, this was just of mid-October, as of mid-October, but curious for the other folks on the line you know how many episodes do you think we had by by mid-october it was it was almost 17 episodes that we had done um, by mid-october that's not even updated for this at this point um it, you can't see it but again everybody's shaking their head no i don't know even though we didn't hear him respond i can see him <laughs> res responding um the other thing is that just to give a listener an idea of the material, I mean, it was like 12 hours worth of content that we put together um, up to that period, and it's been more since then. So if you're tuning in for the first time, um, this little podcast that that we've had the great fortune to work on together, quite a bit of really useful information, and we could we could run through a list of all the different topics, but you can probably see those if you if you go to the see all portion of that uh, that podcast that you're looking at um, quite a bit of material there and uh, i think one of the challenges we'll have in 
2024 is coming up with a list of topics that's as good as the list we put together here. We've had a really good run here um, in 2023 with some great, great topics and I think some pretty valuable information. It's all easy to come up with like a list of topics for one the first year, but yeah, now we'll really have to step up our A game for 24 for sure. Um, but no, and that material couldn't have been made possible without um, the folks sitting on this call. And I greatly commend each of you and, ex and all the expertise. Um, I actually think our couple of our most streamed podcasts are the Wheat Podcasts. So obviously um, us Northern Pod, or Northern agronomists in Illinois don't know what the heck we're talking about. So we definitely try to leverage any material Scott on the call here um, comes out with. Um, you use and abuse it a little bit. So thank you, Scott, specifically for some of that resource. Um, but um, kind of closing out little podcast comments. Um, thank you all for all of your time. I want to um, kind of open it up on a personal note and um, here as you know this 2023 year wraps up some of us are taking time to um, spend time with our family and loved ones and so um, wanted to see if anybody had any exciting plans for um, the holiday season my major plan is to avoid sickness at our household the two little boys go to school and uh, Every time there's a cough in our household, that is a major terrifying moment. So before we started recording, I think Crystal was talking about a sick little one. Uh, just flashbacks of nightmares for, for us. So that that's our goal. We're keeping it local this year and going to hang out with some family. And that's about it. Yes, I will uh, say that. Yes, I didn't record that part, but. Um, the flu bug has gone through <laughs> and every other type of bug has came through our house in the last month. So um, glad we're recording this virtually so that none of you um, get con contaminated by me. So, um, <laughs> so yes, <laughs> but um, for us, we're um, celebrating with our um, family and friends here um, for some Christmas activities. Um, it kind of seems like a jam packed weekend a little bit because of how the date lands so um but always looking forward to this time my um daughter will be um 18 months old so i think this will be you know the first i mean last christmas was fun don't get me wrong but um this christmas will be even more fun so we're excited for that and um gonna take a little bit of time off before new year's to just kind of reset and um gear up for an exciting 2024 Yeah, so from, from the, the southern tip of the state, uh, the kids came home from college last week, so they're both home, and you know, they'll spend a good, I don't know, it seems like six weeks home. Man, when I was in college, it seemed like we got about three weeks off. These kids get a, a long time off for break, but good to have them home. So we'll uh, we'll do a little bit of traveling, uh, meet some family out of state, and then, of course, the, the family here, and and hope to uh, hope to get it, get it open in a little bit of crappie fishing over the next week and uh, the winter bites have been decent so far crappie are biting so just a matter of you can keep your hands warm enough to hold the pole so is your high like in the 60s down there and you guys are complaining about the cold I, 
<laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sing. <laughs> Brad Mason with the zinger. Yeah. Hey, I mean, when you get on the lake at, you know, 630 in the morning in the winter, it's pretty cold. I mean, 35 yeah. is pretty chilly on a boat at 45 mile an hour cruising across the lake. So. Yeah, see, there's the difference between you and the North folk. We don't get to take a boat out on the lake. We have to walk it because it's fresh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as the Montgomery family goes, um, it, my son has the has the day off, so we'll be able to enjoy the whole crew uh, Christmas morning here at home. Go visit with some family after that, about 40 miles north of here, and I think. I think the biggest thing for me, Crystal, is that, you know, I, we've had a had quite a year, a string of some pretty big health issues and, and probably a lot of thankfulness just to just to be able to celebrate together and uh, to have everybody at least doing pretty, pretty decent health wise, because we've had a, a few moments in the year it hasn't always looked like it was going to be that way. So very blessed. Um, I know lots of people listen and feel that way, but but very blessed. Um, and and just just grateful to have that that time together. That and I'll work on my winter weight gain over the next and over the next several days. So, are you saying there's some baking that happens at the Montgomery household? Holy crud! That's that <laughs> happens all the time, and it happens double fold. Um, <laughs> you know, during the Christmas holiday, and I will, I will be on a desperate trend to lose some weight after the Christmas holiday. Hey, just start walking wheat fields. That helps. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Mm, or go fishing with Scott. I don't know. Whichever one you want to do. Right. <laughs> Casting probably. No. Uh, um, on a fun note, do any of you guys have a favorite Christmas cookie or like um, treat that you enjoy every year? Real simple. All of them. Anything with flour, sugar, and chocolate. Yeah, I was going to say the chocolate. If it's got chocolate, I'm there. Um, I don't know that it's specifically a, a Christmas Christmas cookie, but Kim just kind of year-round makes a killer chocolate chip cookie. Literally holds the secret to it close to her so nobody else knows. And uh, I'll, I am sure I will, quite a bit of that weight gain I talked about will come from those, so. <laughs> I uh, forget that I've recorded this podcast with all men, so um, I should have just lowered my expectations of what I was going to get out of that question. But <laughs> 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 uh, if it's prepared, you guys will probably eat it. So, um, no, I um, similar bow. I think I really enjoy the um, peanut butter and chocolate combination ones. So the like they call them peanut butter blossoms or, you know, ones with the kisses or the Reese's on them or some of my favorites. But um, with that, we will close out our podcast episode here today and for the 2023 year. Um, this has been the Pioneer Agronomy Podcast, where we keep you one step ahead of local agronomy issues throughout Illinois. On behalf of the entire um, podcast here, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and encourage you all to be very safe in your winter travels, even if you're down in Southern Illinois, um, where you still might be crappie fishing. So, um, but with that, thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode from the Pioneer Agronomy Team. 
be sure to visit pioneer.com backslash podcasts to access additional episodes and learn more about our extensive on-farm data and innovative digital tools that are fueling forward-thinking farming.